With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Super Fantasy Bros podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I am one half of the team, Kevin Coleman, and I'm joined on the podcast by my co-host, Jacob Dunn. Jacob, how are we doing this week? I'm blessed, brother. My son, Tommy, just had his two-week checkup today, and the doctor said he looks good. He's healthy. He is progressing nicely, and I couldn't be happier about that. How about you, Kevin? Yeah, no, that, that's good. Uh, I'm doing well. I just uh, I spent two days of training uh, for school already. I feel like I just got out of school, so we're going back there. But um, <laughs> I, f- I felt a lot better at, before this morning with the Cam Akers news, uh, which we will going to uh. get into and we're going to talk about on the podcast. So on today's show, we're going to be covering our top five tight ends heading into the 2021 season, telling you which tight ends we're not drafting based on ADP. We're going to try to get to your listener questions. But before we do any of that, we are going to go into Cam Akers and the – Basically, just everything that we need to expect about the situation. So, let's go. Here we go. All right. So, Cam Akers. Uh, he tore his Achilles. There's a lot of impact this had in the fantasy world. Ripples, everything like that. Um, from, first of all, what was your reaction? Like, Cam going down, you saw it. When did you see it? Do you have Cam on Dynasty teams? Everything about Cam. Okay, so what's funny is that I received a text from one of my Dynasty League mates this morning um, after after I got back from the doctor's office, and he said, I'm sure glad I didn't accept that trade from you because I was actually trying to trade Cam Akers for um, C.D. Lamb, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he was pondering it, and then he sent me that text, and I had no idea what he was talking about because I wasn't on social media then. So once he told me, I'm like, oh, what uh... a crushing blow, you know. Yeah, yes. you know, you know, it sucks for my dynasty team, but also just for the man Cam Akers, it's such a bummer. Yeah, yeah, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, this is awful because Achilles is something that historically they're not coming back from, uh, and we're hoping that Cam can take that. So, like, always, always, I hate seeing stuff on social media about, oh, this is awful for my fantasy team, and and yeah. but it's the nature of the business too, right? Like, we're in this business, and we got to talk about the ramifications. So, it, it's on both sides. You got to really talk about it now. As far as Cam's fantasy perspective and what he was doing, he was going as running back eleven, and uh, even this morning before the news, I was about to tweet out like, you know what, I can see Cam Akers actually being okay with there. I think some people thought he was getting overdrafted and I was like, you know what? I think he can live up to those expectations. And now we know, you know, unfortunately that's not going to happen. Now, as far as the depth chart goes for cam and we'll get into the dynasty stuff a little later, but as far as depth chart goes right now, you know, the Rams have basically, we know Daryl Henderson, you know, we saw last year in his career, he, he looked okay last year. 
Uh, he had 177 carries, 771 yards total for his career. He's had five touchdowns. He's looked okay. He's looked all right. Not 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 spectacular, but a good running back filler. Uh, then they have Xavier Jones, who I know of because I'm a Debbie guy. I've watched him. He had 1,200 yards rushing and 23 touchdowns as a senior in 2019. He's had some injuries, though. He got signed as a free agent, so he's an undrafted free agent. Uh, Raymond Calais, Jake Funk, who I would say I really like. I like Jake Funk, but he had some injuries, too. He had ACL injuries, so he's been kind of out as well. So just for perspective for you, like how high are we drafting Henderson and redraft? So Daryl Henderson, you know, he goes from like a deaf piece, you know, a insurance policy too. I mean, I've seen people rank him as high as like an RB one RB two or, you know, um, I, I put him in the low end RB two range. Like he, um, I put him at number 23 in my rankings just because he can get the job done. You know, he is a solid two down back. I don't think he is a three down back, even though the Rams will most likely try to, you know, try to utilize him in the passing game. I don't think that's his forte. So I definitely see the Rams signing a pass catching back in free agency. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I did see some people saying he's going to be in that top 12, top 13. I, I wouldn't yeah. go there. Like if, if you're, if he's around running back 23 from you, so that's like the miles Gaskin, Mike Davis kind of area. Yep. Yep. Uh, I yeah. think he's right behind Raheem Mostert. So yeah, in that area. Okay. So yeah, so you, you have those other areas. So like, I wouldn't reach on a guy like Henderson, uh, especially because I do think that they could bring in a, you know, a free agent. So I was looking at the free agents, man, Duke Johnson's body still out there. That would be an interesting, you know, signing there. Mm -hmm. I saw Le'Veon Bell, Raquel Armstead, LaShawn McCoy, TJ Yeldon, Bo Scarborough. I mean, I even put Adrian Peterson, (laughs) Frank Gore, Frank Gore on this list. Like, uh, do you think they could go one of those guys or, I don't think they trade because asset wise, I don't think that makes sense. So I think they, if they do pick up a free agent, be one of those guys, but none of those guys really stand out to me. So I think it makes, it makes sense to bring back a Todd Gurley just because he knows the Sean McVay system, but I don't think that's the direction that they should go in. You know, since Daryl Henderson is a capable two down back, they should invest in a pass catching back. And though, and the running backs that you listed, like, Duke Johnson, you know, I've also saw that Chris Thompson uh, is available in free agency. And so is Dion Lewis. Uh, you know, if, if I am LA, I'm going after Duke Johnson, you know, he's only 27 years old and has established himself as a solid pass catching back when he was in Cleveland. And even during his short stint in Houston, um, yeah. since, and also since Duke has only been used as a pass catching back. I still think there's a lot of tread on those tires. And I think he would fit nicely into a third down role for the Rams while Daryl Henderson slots in as that two down back. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that if they do anything, they're going to bring someone in like that. And, but I, I don't, I, yeah, unfortunate in this offense, it's one of those things where like, I know people tout what they've been able to do. They were happy with acres. I think it limits everybody, right? Like I yeah. think it does kind of limit, what everybody can do around these guys. Do you think it has any impact on the receiving game? I saw some love for, you know, I saw some love for Van Jefferson today that maybe they're having more three wide receiver sets. They're going to use those things. Do you think, or Higby, those type of guys? I think, I think it absolutely spikes up the potential targets for everyone, for Woods and for Cup. And yes, a Van Jefferson can sneak into that 
maybe like that low end wide receiver three, maybe like a death piece, you know, at the yeah. end, at, at, at the end of your draft, uh, you know, I'd be looking at that, but I think it just, I think it upgrades cup and woods more. Now I'm curious, Kevin, from a dynasty perspective, you know, I and a lot of people are Cam Akers dynasty managers. Mm-hmm. What are we doing with this news? Are we trying to trade for a Daryl Henderson or are we sitting tight? You know, I'm not sure. Does 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 it matter whether we are a competing team or not? Like, you know, what are your thoughts? <sighs> for me, this one hurts me because I have him on two rosters on my dynasty rosters and both were contenders. And yeah. so I had one that was really contender. You know, I, I'm probably holding for the most part, unless someone like really believes in him. I did see a, I did see like someone got him for a first. If you can trade a first for Cam Akers, I might be okay with that. Based on the injury history, based on the Achilles, I saw a first and a fourth somewhere. So if you can get a first for him, I I don't mind that just because of the injury history, right? Like those type of issues. Uh, I did see someone say today that they got Zach Moss and a second. That Mm. hurts. That hurts to hear that, like those names. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't do that because the hype of him maybe coming back, you could get more value next year. So to me, he's a, he's a stash there. And you just say, Hey, I did see a good deal from one of my buddies in one of my leagues. I'm in, it's a 12 team league, a standard Mm -hmm. PPR. He traded Deandre Hopkins for cam Akers and Tyler Boyd. Whoa. Wow. And and he's rebuilding. uh, And I I thought that was an interesting move. I don't think I would have done that. I think Deandre Hopkins has more value, but he loves Tyler Boyd. And he bought low on Cam Akers, I guess, bought low, bought high, whatever right. you'd like to say there. Right. It, but I don't think anybody knows what the hell they're doing with Cam Akers. Like, yeah. to me, I'm going to hold because I'm not going to give him up for a second. It right. just wouldn't make sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I agree with you. Like, I I am at the point where I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to hold him. Uh, you yeah. know, he is only 22 years old. Uh, you know, this, this, this is a devastating injury, but it's, you know, he is young by all accounts. He works super hard. Uh, so I think that he's going to be motivated after surgery. Hopefully uh, he has a successful surgery and he can rehab ASAP, you know, so he can be back for 2022. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I agree with you, Kevin. I would just be holding tight. I'm not going to settle for like a second round pick. That doesn't make sense. No, and it doesn't. But I wouldn't also be actively buying for him either. It's one of those weird situations mm-hmm. in Dynasty where I'm not like I'm not actively going for him. It's not a buy low to me because injury that injury scares the hell out of me. Yes. So to me, it's not a buy low. It's a wait and see. If you have him on your roster, then you just wait and hope that he comes back. I think Marlon Mack coming back is a good determiner. I mean, he's older, so we know that. But how can he maybe contribute? Again, though, that limits – I think this limits acre ceiling no matter what. I thought he was could be a top five running back dynasty asset. Now he's borderline running back two, right, even next year mm-hmm. if he comes back. So it's frustrating. I will say for Daryl Henderson, though, if you have him, everybody's saying sell, sell, sell. Sell high, right? It's it's easy to say that. There's there's not all kinds of guys yet. If you're going to sell Daryl Henderson, you're probably going to have to wait until training camp hits. And let's say someone else has an injury, mm-hmm. and then you have Daryl, and he's your running back three or four, and then you can get something because people are going to be looking for running backs. 
if you can give him, if you can trade him for a first right now, I would do it though. Like if you can get a first for Daryl Henderson, I would go because he was going for, I think two thirds in another league I was in. Like that was his value like two days ago. Now you could jump up to a first. That's fine. But I wouldn't jump to just trade him for anything right now. Wait, he's going to be in an offense that's going to put up points. He could be a solid running back two option. I have him on a league that I have Carson and him. Those are my two running backs. Uh, and because Akers got hurt. So I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll stick with those two guys. Who is your favorite backup Rams running back right now? Now, let's say you're in a deep dynasty league and, you know, the Rams haven't signed a veteran. So who do you think is going to rise up or who is your best bet out of that Rams running back field? Yeah, I like Jake Funk. Uh, I've, I've kind of liked him in Maryland. I, I've had, I have him on a couple of deeper rosters and I drafted him just because I knew, Hey, he could, that's a long shot. I think Xavier Jones is okay, but I think Funk could be the better running back if he's healthy um, and he's there. So I wouldn't mind stashing Jake Funk, but he's not like James Robinson. So everybody out there, like, don't like think he's going to be the next James Robinson, but he's very serviceable back. He's fluid and he's healthy. And when he's healthy, he looks really good. So mm-hmm. if I was out there, I, I actually in a sleeper league, I did get him today uh real quick because we don't actually have waivers it's just it's crazy you know nick runs it i don't know what kind of league he's running but you can go out there and grab him and so i grabbed funk for basically free and it was easy and so i that's my stash guy okay okay all right well hey this sucks everybody out there i mean you know this is the what we're going to be talking about this because training camps are opening every year you know we have injuries every damn it's the worst part of fantasy football it's just it's just the awful part, and so we just gotta adjust, and, and we'll just move in and keep going. But I don't. I see some people say, "Oh, my season's over." It's never over. Injuries never. happen. Just wait if you're playing dynasty and redraft. This is why you don't draft until. This is why I like redraft a little bit more. <laughs> so yes, th- things like this make me miss redraft, Jacob. So you would love to hear that. You can start a new every year. It's beautiful. Yeah. You can start a new every year. You don't have to draft until the week before, and then you know when right. everybody's going to be there. So, right. all right, well, we're going to roll, and we're going to go to our, our tight end talk today. Here we go! So I have a feeling that these are going to be very similar for redraft and dynasty just because of the landscape. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and start kind of giving us your redraft top five tight ends. And I know that we have the ADP for them and stuff. And I'd love to, for you to say like, okay, they're too high to too low, or would you be willing to grab them at that ADP? So why don't you guys go, why don't you go through your top five redraft? All right. Number one on my tight end redraft is a huge surprise. You will never guess. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> he is uh he is being taken at the 106, which I think is just fine. Um, even though I would I would draft seven running backs before I go after Travis Kelsey, but that's kind of like where I'm at. I'm going to draft the top seven running backs before I look at Travis Kelsey, but Travis Kelsey is the guy I am looking for after those running backs are gone. You know, mm-hmm. over over the past three seasons, Travis Kelsey is averaging 143.7 targets and has turned that into 101.7 catches for 1,327 yards and 8.7 touchdowns. I mean, that is just the model of consistency and that and that dominancy that I want on my team and that I am willing to spend a first round pick on. You know, uh, like I said, he is the guy I am drafting after CMC's gone, after Kamara, Henry, uh, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, and Jonathan yeah. Taylor. Uh, so my projections for Travis Kelsey are 140 targets, 98 catches, 
1,230 yards and 10 touchdowns, Kevin. That'd be a hell of a year, right? And yeah. I think I think that's what he is. He's a, he's the wide receiver too uh, on that team, right. and he's the guy that matters in the offense. I, yeah, I don't I don't know necessarily. I think he's the tight end one. I think the problem that I struggle with in redraft is when I'm going to take him because if I take him in the first, I do realize that he has a positional advantage. But then I'm losing out on one of those running backs, like you mm-hmm. said, and we just saw what happened with Akers. But then we just see what happened with Akers, and now I'm like right. thinking, well, that could happen with these running backs, especially in an expanded year. Maybe Kels is the more safer option. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's funny is that I did a mock draft recently, and I got Travis Kelsey at like the 108, and then I got Cam Akers at, you know, like four picks into the second round, and I was elated. So uh, around that area, you know, you can grab an Antonio Gibson, you know, if you are a DeAndre Swift truther like yourself, Kevin, then you can grab him in the second round, even though I'd rather wait until later in the second or third but Swift is guaranteed that three down role. So, I mean, you know, he does have a safe floor. There's also a Najee Harris, uh, you know, there's a Clyde Edwards, yeah. uh, you know, so, you know, like there, there are similar backs that you can take as your RB one with Kelsey, but I get it. My hope is to start RB RB, but if those top seven running backs are gone, I'm going, I'm personally going Travis Kelsey. No, I think that's fair. I think with the running backs gone and then not reaching on a wide receiver, I would go tight end as well. And then you just wait, you get that second running back. Gibson would be a good call. I think yeah. if, if you compare Kelsey and Gibson together, that's a good start to your redraft teams, especially just uh, two solid pieces. You know the volume is going to be there for both. You know the target share is going to be there for all of those guys. All right, who is your number two? All right, at number two, I got George Kittle. Now, before George Kittle's injury riddled 2020 season, he was averaging 121 and a half targets and turned that into 1,215 yards and five touchdowns. And that was with a carousel of mediocre 49er quarterbacks like CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins, and Jimmy G. You know, Kittle to me is quarterback proof. His yeah. ADP, it currently stands at 211, which I believe is a discount. If I have the 101, I'd be pumped to pair CMC or a Dalvin Cook with George Kittle. The weekly positional advantage of CMC or Cook at RB and Kittle at tight end is just too good to pass up at the end of the second round. Yeah, that would be fun. That'd be fun, if, you know, especially if Kittle was going a little bit higher. I do know, so I, I see that Darren Waller is number three, so we might as well talk about that. We're gonna These guys are interchangeable. Yep. So you would rather have Kittle over Waller. Mm-hmm. Why? I absolutely would, just because I think that Kittle has more upside. Now, I know I've said in the past, I really like those floor guys in the first few rounds because, you know, you can't win your drafts in the first few rounds, but you can definitely lose them. You know, I'm sure yeah. everyone has heard that quote. It is very true. But I think that Kittle has an incredible floor along with a much higher ceiling than Waller. Now, I know there is like the Trey Lance thing, the Jimmy G thing, like, you know, who's who is going to start. But I always think back to when George Kittle first uh, first returned from that injury last season. Uh, I believe it was week 14, 15 or 16. Like it was, it was one of those last weeks and the 49ers are drawing up plays for George Kittle. Like, you know, like a short 
little dump off, like a little screen to Kittle. Like they are going to manufacture plays for Kittle because when Kittle is in the open field, he is unstoppable. He is a monster. And I want that type of upside at the end of the second round. So if I get a CMC or Cook and then I get Kittle, well, I can look if there's a DeAndre Swift to pair with those two, or I can look, um, you know, if there's a Clyde Edwards, Elaire, or even a wide receiver one, like a Michael Thomas or something like that, like I would be thrilled with that start. Yeah, I think just like, so the thing about Waller, and I understand that with Kittle, and the crazy stat with Kittle is he hasn't scored more than five touchdowns in a season. So I want my touchdowns. And like that that's a crazy one too. The thing about Waller that I think he had nine receiving touchdowns last year. Which if, when he was getting drafted, well, I think he had an ADP last year, fourth or fifth round. So you're getting a t- tight end that's going to score nine touchdowns for you in the fourth or fifth round. That's an incredible value. Now, though, what's going to happen is now you're going to draft him in the second round. Now you need him to score nine touchdowns, probably. Like he's got to be in that category, and he's got to be with those yards. He almost had 200 yards. I think both of these guys, I'd like this, them to score a little bit more touchdowns. I think that's the key for me. Like, hey, can they score a little bit more touchdowns? Can they get to nine? Like, can Waller get to nine this season? So I think that's the that's the, that's the the scariest part for me. I do think that he's going to get more targets, though. Like, you saw 145 yeah. targets last year. We talked about the Raiders. Who's there? <laughs> um, I know we got Henry Ruggs truthers out there and Ryan Edwards truthers out there. But yeah. it's going to be Waller. Yeah. And Ayuk there, Debo. I, I don't mind it. I just think both of these guys, you're going to need them to score to justify their ADP. You need them to score seven to 10 touchdowns. Probably. Am I, am I crazy there? Or do I, uh, unless they get a bunch of catches. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, we saw what Robert Tunyon did with, with, you know, he had like maybe like 500 or 600 yards, but he had 10 yeah. touchdowns, you know, or 11 touchdowns actually. So, you know, like the touchdowns are huge, you know, and you know, in this, sorry tight end landscape i mean you know like that can mean the difference between a tight end three or a tight end two uh so as you said it was a great point on darren waller he has an incredible floor um i actually have him projected at 139 targets 95 catches 1150 yards and seven touchdowns so i mean that's that that is an incredible uh you know if if I would rather get Waller in the third round, but he does have a safer floor than Kittle. So I get all those people who say Waller over Kittle. I totally understand. I just want that guy who has the amazing floor in Kittle, who also has an incredible ceiling. Um, So, you know, I get, I definitely get the argument both ways, but I want Kittle first and then Waller. And in, to put a perspective for you, I'm a, this is, if you're on the clock here, here's who's going around Waller. So you have basically Najee Harris, Calvin Ridley, and then Waller, and then DK Metcalf, George Kittle, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown. So those are the guys you're taking over, you know, th- those are the guys you'd be taking uh, or not taking over someone like Kittle or Waller. Would you rather have Ridley or Waller on your team? I would much rather have Ridley just because he is going to okay. be he is going to shatter the target record. I mean, you know, I am very high on Ridley this season. Uh, and, you know, I think passing up on a possible wide receiver one in Ridley to take to take a positional advantage. I mean, I would rather have that wide receiver one over Waller. How about you, Kevin? Yeah, I would rather have wide receiver one. I'm yeah. coming around on Ridley a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, Ridley's someone that I'm really coming around on now. I think that he's going to have it. He's going to explode this year. He has to. I mean, the targets, Pitts being there, but I still think he's going to have a great year. 
it, it's interesting though. So you could realistically get Ridley than Kittle, right? So maybe if you're yeah. in that in, on that turn, mm-hmm. maybe you turn it into you know Cook oh. Ridley Kittle. Oh, that would be fire. That would be good. Like if you're going to take a tight end, that could be it. Now, if you miss out on these three, I'm going to wait. We're going to talk about that with Dynasty too. I, I call it the tight end dead area. Uh, there's a big dead zone in there. But who is your number four? All right. Number four, I got TJ Hawkinson. Now we are on the third tier of tight ends where I have TJ Hawkinson as my tight end four because, you know, it's Travis Kelsey in tier one. It is George Kittle and Waller in tier two, and then a huge drop off. And then I had TJ, TJ Hawkinson in tier three. Hawkinson enjoyed a decent sophomore season where he took 101 targets and turned it into 67 catches and 723 yards and six touchdowns, which amounted to decent low end tight end one numbers. Now with Marvin Jones and Kenny, Kenny, Kenny G out of Detroit, there's a ton of vacated targets that should go Hawkinson's way in 2021, especially considering Detroit doesn't have a wide receiver one caliber wideout. Now for my, for my projections for Hawkinson, I have him getting 112 targets, 81 catches, 950 yards and six touchdowns. Damn that. Okay. So that's a, I, I don't mind it. It's just, you know, for me, I am back and forth on Hawk. I loved Hawk two years ago. I put him on my dynasty Mount Rushmore for tight ends. And then I've, I've changed my, I've, I've kind of changed my understanding of the tight end position where I want these super athletes. These guys are going to be definitely, they can use, use in different ways in line on, on the line as a receiver. And, Hawk's just not explosive. Like when I watch him, like he gets caught from the behind behind a lot. I do think I don't necessarily understand what what we're getting with Jared Goff. I think it's going to be a little bit better than what people think. I don't think we're we're, this doomsday or what was going to be there. I think he'll have the target. So I don't mind him being the number four guy. Like I really don't. I think he has the targets there. But again, with Hawkinson, it's kind of the same thing. Is he going to score touchdowns? Uh, can he, can he do well in the red zone? Cause you're not going to get any long touchdowns. I don't think with him, like, so you're not going to get those big play ability. Cause Hawks just not that. So now, and that's on the flip side, can that lions offense be good enough to get into the red zone a lot to utilize him in that area? Like, I think there's some question marks around that, but that's just my, that's just my thoughts. Like, I don't mind, like you said, where his ADP is at. If you want to take a risk on that, I think that's not bad. Um, you know, where he's going, he's going around Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen. Yeah, you know, depending you, if you can get the targets, if you get your stat line, first of all, you're, you know, you're the man, you know how to do these things. You do projections way better than I do. Uh, this is why I just steal your projections. But if he does that, I would be, I'd be okay not drafting a guy like Lockett or Moore. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. And so, Hawkinson's ADP right now is 503. You know, yeah. so let's say you lock up your RB, RB, and your wide receiver and your wide receiver. And then you start off with your tight end in Hawkinson, who has the potential and who has a bunch of targets coming his way. You know, even if it's not a very efficient Detroit Lions offense, you know that he is going to be in on almost every single play. I can see him playing over 90%. Um, of snaps this season because he's an incredible blocker and he can catch the ball and Goff's going to need that security blanket. Uh, so I like Hawkinson just for the sheer volume. And I do think that he takes a step forward this year. 
No, and that's fair. And and this is true too. I mean, he's gonna get the volume, he's gonna get catches. Like that that's gonna be there. Who's gonna be their leading wide receiver? I'm an Amon Ra guy, but you know, I, I do think that I mean last year he got 101 targets. You're gonna see that bump up. So, you know, that's fine. Yeah, it's and he had six touchdowns last year. So right. uh, I, I enjoy that. Now I'm surprised you didn't have um the god wonder of himself, <laughs> the Hall of Famer already. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is your number five. Can you explain why he's five? Yes. The six foot six, 240 pound unicorn out of Florida. You yes. know, I'm talking about Kyle Pitts. Like you said, he's going at the 411. Uh, he's currently being taken as the tight end five. You know, the Falcons spent their fourth overall pick on the talented 20 year old, and he immediately slots in as the number two receiving option behind Calvin Ridley. Uh, so I actually had him as my tight end four ahead of Hawkinson for a few weeks, but I gave the slight nod to TJ. Since it is his third year in Detroit and he is Detroit's best, you know, he is Detroit's best receiving weapon besides Swift, uh, you know, but but Kyle Pitts isn't far behind. These are like very, very close, you know, and I just think that Pitts, Pitts will definitely be one of Matt Ryan's main targets in a pass in a pass heavy offensive scheme. I am excited for his outlook but I just like the floor of Hawkinson a little bit better since it is his third year. And it's, and it usually takes tight ends a little bit of time to adjust, but we know that Kyle Pitts is a unicorn. Uh, so he could adjust very quickly. Uh, so the projections I give to Kyle Pitts are 107 targets, 79 catches, 875 yards and five touchdowns. What do you think of that, Kevin? No, I think that's very, uh, that's very realistic. Like, I think I saw somebody say he's going to have over a thousand yards receiving and he's going to do this and this. And I think we have to temper our expectations a little bit. So I think you need to go into your drafts expecting a line like that. Like, Hey, a projection like that. Hey, he's going to get a hundred and what, you know, seven, nine targets, 70 something catches, 800 yards, six to eight touchdowns, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. That's what I expect from him. And then if he exceeds that, then you're going to be okay. But I wouldn't overdraft him. I think people are way overdrafting Kyle Pitts right now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've been in a few underdog best ball. I would not a few. I've been in a lot. Don't tell my wife, but <laughs> oh, yeah. um, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Pitts has gone pretty high. I mean, even in ours, I think he went in the third round. So third? yeah, I think he went in the third. So I think if you're reaching for that ceiling, you're going to be hurt on your diet, on your rejab teams. Like that's kind of where I admit, but I agree. I think, I think he's clearly in top five though. I mean, just based on where he went team volume targets, how he good he is. Like those are two very good. Those are very good points there. Now, mm-hmm. some people have already mentioned this, but there's a few people in the, in the comments, not mentioning some guys that you missed. And so who do you think could sneak in the top five? And it's funny because I didn't even realize this, but we have the same seven for dynasty and redraft. We didn't even do this together. All mixed uh, just, up. Yeah. just mixed up. So we know yeah. basically the top seven out there. That's hilarious. Yeah. So the one tight end that I can sneak that I can see sneaking into the top five is Noah Fant. He currently has an ADP of 703. So he's being taken as a tight end eight. Now, if it weren't for an ankle sprain in week four, I firmly believe that Noah Fant would have had a top five tight end last season. Like he he was on his way to a breakout. Before that sprain, Fant had caught 14 passes for 184 yards and two touchdowns in the first three weeks. This is a guy who ran a 4-5-40 at 250 pounds. So he is an, he is an absolute monster with speed. He has Gronk-like talent and physical attributes. 
The only thing that holds me back from him being a top five tight end this year is the question at quarterback in Denver. Regardless, both quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, should look at Fant early and often, you know, just because he he needs to be fed. Like his presence, you know, he needs those targets because the Broncos will need him to move the ball. Uh, so right now I have Noah Fant. His projections are 110 targets, 82 catches, 845 yards, and six touchdowns. Yeah, I, you know I love fan. It, it, to me, it's yep. just that quarterback situation, right? Like right. you know, right. I, I, what quarterback would you like for fan? Uh, I would actually like Drew Locke just because Drew Locke knows him. Uh, he's yeah. been playing with Fant for over two years, and Fant is comfortable with him. Uh, and he feeds Fant early and often. Like even even when Fant was slowed down by that ankle sprain. Locke was giving him five yard slants, seven yard slants. Like he was looking fans way the whole time. So yeah. I think, I think that chemistry is hard to ignore, but if Bridgewater were to start, I wouldn't be upset or anything, but I would prefer Locke. You? Yeah. No, I would way prefer Locke. Like if Locke wins a job, I think my Sutton and my fan shares, I'm like, hell yeah, because yeah. that's just, I know that they have a connection. I know they work well together. Uh, and then if, if Bridgewater won the job, I think Judy goes up and then yeah. those other two guys are going to dip a little bit. And I think yeah. they'd run the more. I think they're going to be very conservative with Bridgewater. Whereas Locke, I don't really know what to know with Locke. You know, you've watched Locke long enough. I mean, he's going to be a wild card. So I do like that for Fant. What is your opinion on Mark Andrews? So I know two different feelings on this. I, I have some. Um, my buddy Jeff Bell, he talked about the improvement of the receiving core in, in Baltimore will help Andrews because he'll score more touchdowns. It opens the field up for him. Other people are saying, hey, those are the targets going to go away. Where are you at? So, Yeah. Because of Mark Andrews' massive touchdown potential, I can't leave him off this list, you know, even if it's like he has potential to be a top five tight end, because a lot of people have him, you know, and you know, as their tight end four, which is where he's going in drafts. But he just doesn't get he just doesn't have the yards floor that I am looking for in a tight end. I mean, yes, he will score. He so he has been scoring touchdowns at an incredible rate. I mean, back in back back in 2019, Andrews had 64 catches for 852 yards and 10 touchdowns. Even though his receptions and yards went down in 2020, he still managed to score seven touchdowns. The only thing that that concerns me, like I was saying earlier, is his volume playing on a potential run-heavy offense. And like you said, they have a better receiving core with Bateman going, uh, you know, with Bateman uh, and... Hollywood Brown. Maybe Sammy Watkins. Maybe Sammy Watkins. Maybe I don't Sammy want to say Watkins. Sammy Watkins too much. I know. I know. I don't really like to give him cloud either, but I mean, he is, he is a factor to take away some targets from him. So, you know, I don't think that Andrews has that, has that weekly, weekly consistent floor that we need out of, out of the tight end slot. He's going to have huge game for where he catches two touchdowns for like a hundred and something yards. And then he's going to disappear for four catches and 30 yards. Like I don't, I don't want, I don't want to spend a high draft pick. He's going at the four eleven. I don't want to spend that high of a draft pick on a tight end. That is only going to win me a few weeks. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's fair. I'm not, I'm in the middle on Andrews. I have Andrews. 
uh, and on a couple of dynasty teams, and we'll talk about dynasty here in a second. But and redraft wise, I think he's in that dead zone for me. Like I don't want to grab him because I don't yeah. think his I don't think it, he'll overdo it. He'll overplay his value, his ADP right now. So mm-hmm. why would I reach on him? I'll wait till round I don't know twelve and get Johnny Smith or something like that. Like I'll just I'll just wait and I'll just grab somebody else instead of that because I don't think the differences are going to be too much and I'd rather grab another positional player there. So that is Jacob's uh, t- top five. So Kels, Kittle, Waller, Hawkinson, Pitts, and he's got Noah fan Mark Andrews in there. Uh, now we're going to transition to dynasty and we're going to take a look at uh, my dynasty tight end. So my number one, I know this is going to be a shocker for everybody out there, and it's still Travis Kelsey. Like, what? I don't, I, I don't like, and the reason why, and I'm not going to go over Jacob, you know, he did a good job talking about the stats and all that, and we don't need to rehash that on here. Uh, what I do want to talk about, though, is his is value. So when I'm looking at dynasty assets, I look at value, and mm-hmm. Kels has the highest value. So when you're looking at if you want him on your dynasty team, and where is he at, he can still put up astronomical numbers he's going to be a positional advantage and then he's also one of these guys that has these this this assets he can collect assets even at his age he's going to still collect assets mm-hmm. uh, i saw him go for you know and again i don't necessarily like this deal but he did go for josh jacobs tyler lockett and logan thomas in a tight end premium league oh, so all the way so Travis Kelsey's there, but you're still looking at three position players. You're like, right. damn, um, that happened. Uh, he also went for Cam Akers recently. Sorry for the Cam Akers owner out there. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Uh, but he also went for the 101 in a Superflex league. So Travis Kelsey for the 101 in a tight end premium. So when you're looking at what Kelsey can bring your team, he can either bring you a playoff appearance because he's going to do that as long as he stays healthy, or you have the assets to kind of move him as you go. Um, and you can kind of unload him for different things. So uh, to me, it's Kelsey all the way in, in Dynasty. How many years does he have left of dominant ball? And <laughs> would you look to trade him just so that you're not, you know, metaphorically holding the bag in like a year or two? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you probably should have traded him last year. Uh, if you were if you were really wanting to get rid of him at top dollar because the way the ages are in Dynasty, you should have got rid of Kelsey last year. Uh, now what you're going to see is that market shift a little bit down. I, it's just going to go a little down. Uh, but this is the deal I was actually looking for too. So Travis Kelsey got traded for Gabriel Davis, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, and the 112. Ooh, well, I, I like think- that because because of Fant, you know, yeah. and then you get you get you get Sutton, and then you get that pick. Yeah, I like that a lot. The way I look at it right now is if you're trading Kelsey, you're getting you got to get one of the top five guys back. So if you're going to trade Kelsey or you're going to get someone that you consider to be in the five, like Fant, like Fant is not a number five, which we'll get into, like in an assets, like you're not trading Kelsey for Dallas Godard or Irv Smith, like stop doing that. I saw someone trade Kelsey for Irv Smith in a first. That's still a loss for you because that's not going to ever equal his value. So don't do those type of things. But you know, Kelsey's my guy. You should have traded him last year if you wanted to get at the top, but you can still get a top. And even this year, as you're playing in Dynasty, if you realize, like, yeah, I got to get rid of this guy because I'm not going to compete, you should be looking to unload him. I do think he can still put up good numbers. Uh, he'll probably still be a top five tight end next year, but I don't know necessarily after next year where that's going to be that value. So that's why it's a it, the market's weird for Kelsey right now. Uh, my number two is Waller. So I do have Waller and Kittle flipped. But th- like you said, it's Kelsey and then it's Waller and Kittle for me. Right. And again, just looking at value-wise, I do like Waller just because I think that – I think his team is going to need him more. And I think that Kelsey – or excuse me, Kittle does more like 
he, you're going to see him block more. They're going to use him in a lot of different angles. And, and to the, you know, to credit uh, the people on here, they talked about how he makes everybody else better. He does, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean they have to use him and utilize him all the time. Mm-hmm. I like Waller's ability to score his touchdowns. Can he do that? And again, when I'm looking at like, assets he's he's a pretty good asset to own you know he went straight up for elijah moore dallas goder and a and a 2022 second okay no no, you got dallas goddard i mean from philly okay but i mean zach Ertz is still there he's still alive i don't know what's going on with zach Ertz. (laughs) i I don't know what's happening (laughs) so you know that's not a terrible move uh but i probably wouldn't do it like i said if you're going to move these guys get someone back i like the i like the touchdowns i still think he's a three-year asset like he he has two at least two like this year next year he's still gonna be a top five asset and after that it's kind of play it by year uh kittle i love kittle i just want him to score more touchdowns i think that's my biggest concern with kittle and to be fair to people out there because they've talked about this too because i've seen them mention it he, he has been hurt like he gets kind of hurt banged Maybe. up you know i like that he's with trey lance but he's in a high high volume rushing offense and especially with lance being there i think they're going to kind of shift that a little bit um so i like kittle i, I do uh, but I, I definitely have him as my three right now but again he's going for a lot of deals for fan right now so basically when i was looking through there um and then shoot he went straight up for kyle pitts in the league okay okay and which is weird because that's an interesting deal like I, right. I i like it but as a kyle pitts owner i probably wouldn't want just kittle because i think he's actually more valuable and in, in in dynasty right now than kittle not that I would put him ahead of him, but I'd say I think he has more value. He is just because you don't know what you have in Kyle Pitts. Now he is this unicorn and everyone's like, he is a Kansas yeah. prospect, but you don't know. So it's like, you know, if you are the Kittle, uh, the Kittle manager, it's like, yeah, I want Kyle Pitts, but I also want, you know, a first or a second, you know, just something to hedge your bets a little bit. Yeah, you, you want something there. But, I mean, he's yeah. still going for, like, Kittle. You know, he, someone paired him and David Montgomery up for Saquon and Cole Komet. Interesting. So you could still get an asset like Saquon, these other guys in these deals. And so if you're going big, big fish hunting, Kittle's a guy to use to go big yeah. fish hunting. That's kind of what I'm looking at. Uh, by tight end four, which is, is Kyle Pitts in Dynasty, I still I do think he's going a little higher than I like. So in terms of his ADP and dynasty right now, he's going as tight end four still, uh, but forty one point seven five. I have seen Pitts go as tight end two before in drafts. It just depends on if someone loves Pitts. Like it's just kind of one of those things. The the more industry guys that I've been in drafts with, he's going as tight end four. The more kind of casual guys, which is cool too. Like don't get me wrong, he's going a little higher because I think they want to just draft pits. Like they want a share of him. I don't have any shares of pits. I'm sad, right. uh, but that's, that's who they're going after. And when you look at his value, like I said, he's got, he's got pretty good value out there. He's going for, uh, you know, I, I, I saw this deal recently. It was Kyle Pitts and Antonio Brown for Stefan Diggs. Hmm. So you get a wide receiver one, you're yeah. winning now. Maybe yeah. you have another tight end asset there. So like you can use pits all kinds of different ways. And if yeah. you want to keep them on your roster, I love him. I think he's going to be a legitimate top five guy this year though. I think he finishes top five. Yeah. No question. He, he's only 20 years old and he's six foot six. I mean, that's yeah. insane. Oh goodness. He's a, he's a master. Now I do want to get your opinion on this one. Kyle Pitts for Najee Harris. Oh man, um, man! I have to look at each team. You know, I need some context. But just in a vacuum, 
I think I lean towards Kyle Pitts just because of just because of the positional scarcity in mm-hmm. a dynasty league, and he's 20 years old, and Najee Harris is 24 years old. So I think I like that age as well. You know, and I know you, Kevin. Like you say, that running backs only have a few years. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think of that trade? No, yeah, give me give me Pitts all day mm-hmm. on that, just because. I'm not a running back guy. I mean, just you can't use Cam Akers as this example. It's hard, it's hard to because it's a freak accident. But like mm-hmm. this stuff happens to these guys. And if Achilles injury happens to Pitts, I'm less concerned about Pitts than I would be about, a, you know, with the running back. I just it's one of those things where mm-hmm. I think running back assets are overrated and you have to move them as fast as you can. Uh, you get top dollar, try to get younger at the position and build around the other positions up. And we talked about it on the first episode when we said, hey, this is our strategy. This is how we do it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then my, my number five right now is Noah Fant. You know, 92.75 is his ADP for Dynasty. So he's actually going – you know, I like where he's going, eight to tenth round in there. That's a great, great fit uh, to grab him as a tight end eight. Basically, he's going. He's my number five. So I do like him a little bit more than most. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you got – and then guys that I think that could come sneak in. I, I did the same too as you. That's why I don't want to labor the point. But TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, you know – in Dynasty, for me, if I'm not going to get one of those top five guys, I'm probably going to wait. So, like, there's a big dead period in there. I will say I don't understand Dallas Go- – do you understand Dallas Goder? Like, do you understand why he's going so high? I don't. I mean, you know, as 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 a former Zach Ertz, you know, truther, you know, I used to, I used to loathe him be- just because he used to take touchdowns away. Now I think that everyone's like, Oh, he has all this upside and you know, look what he did while Zach Ertz was there. But I mean, he didn't show much last season, so I'm not going to crown him a breakout candidate. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just not on that train. Like I just think that he's getting drafted way too high. I think Jalen hurts being there. We don't know necessarily how accurate he's going to be. We don't know what quarterback he's going to be. They're going to run a lot more RPOs. Like there's a lot of things that are going against him. Um, I don't think that necessarily he's going to be there. And in dynasty, he's also 26. Why not? I just take Noah Fant, who's 23 after him. That's my, you know, every day of the week. Love. Yeah. So, so those are those guys. I mean, for me, that's my top five. I got Kelsey Waller, Kittle, Pitts and Fant. Jacob did a good job of talking about them. I do think Mark Andrews is still there. He's still only 24. Mm -hmm. I do have Hawkinson outside my top five for the reasons that I mentioned when we went over the redraft part. Uh, but those are guys that I'm just there for that I think they have the most value. But what's all be honest is a very big vacuum between the top four, I guess, and it, depending on what you think of Pitts and those other areas, right. and after that, like it's a, it's a, it's there. So I do want to go into stay away tight ends based on their ADP guys that we're just going to stay away from altogether. Uh, Jacob, why don't you tell me a couple of your guys in redraft that you're staying away from? All right, so one guy I am staying far, far away from is Logan Thomas. He's being taken at the 810. He's being taken as a tight end nine. Now, judging by all my streamer articles last season, you would think I love Logan Thomas when in reality, <laughs> the tight end landscape was so bad that he was the only player that was managed under 40% of Yahoo leagues that I trusted to squeeze out decent tight end two numbers each week. The sheer volume he was getting last season always gave him a tight end to floor. Thomas averaged 6.8 targets per game last season, but he wasn't efficient with those targets, only averaging 6.1 yards per target. You can blame a lot of those targets on the poor quarterback play in Washington, but there are a few factors going against Logan Thomas in 2021. 
despite the upgrade at quarterback with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he'll have to compete with Curtis Samuel, rookie Diami Brown, who you have who you have talked up um, here, Kevin, in past episodes, and even slot extraordinaire Adam Humphreys on top of scary Terry McLaurin. So there, there's a couple tight ends that I'd happily take before Logan Thomas that are going after him in drafts like Mike Jasicki, Tyler Higby, Rob Gronkowski, Jonu Smith, and even Jared Cook. Uh, so I have Logan Thomas projected for 80 targets, 58 catches, 502 yards, and just two touchdowns. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that with with McKissick, McKissick being there, and yeah. with Antonio Gibson with the targets and yeah. all those guys you mentioned, I just think Logan Thomas is going to be the odd man out. I mean, they 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 always talk about Fitzpatrick's ability to throw to his tight end, but even then, like they don't ever put in like they're not really options at that position. Like even in Miami, they weren't really options. They were options for. I don't know, like prop bets because you knew they're going to get certain targets and catches, but I wouldn't trust them in a redraft league or in dynasty league either. Exactly, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, who's your second guy? Because I, I I'm interested on this one because everybody's talking about regression, regression, regression. I don't know if regression is a real thing. I don't know is that a real word out there. But what do you think of the second guy that you have? So I got Robert Tunyon, who is going at the nine oh two and is going as a tight end ten. Now Tunyon came out of literally nowhere to catch 52 passes on 59 targets and a whopping 11 touchdowns. That means he had a 21.1 touchdown rate, which is all but sustainable. <laughs> um, if if Rodgers does come back to Green Bay, and that's a big if, I might yeah. change my tune a little bit if you can get Tanyan at a value. But Robert being taken as a tight end 10 over higher floor guys like Higby and Gronk and John new is a hard pass for me. And even if Jordan love starts, I would just let him go undrafted. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I mean, that's a guy that if you take, you better hope that Rogers is coming back and he scores touchdowns. Like exactly. that's the key. And I'm staying away from that whole situation. I don't want anything in that part of that situation until I know what's going on with Rogers. And if, if you guys didn't know about it with, you know, the Cam Akers news kind of took it out. We we're going to talk about it. You know, Rogers turned down a two year extension that would have made him the highest paid or whatever the case may be for quarterback position. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing. Like, yeah. you know, Denver Bronco fans should be happy because he does not want to be there and they're going to try to move him. Probably Rogers doesn't want to be there. So, you have to put that in perspective when you draft a Robert Tanya. I'm glad you brought up my boy, John new and those guys. Like I would much rather have those guys after, yeah. after them. Um, I don't see why he's going. W- would you rather have Tanya or Evan Ingram? I would rather have Evan Ingram just because he is a target hog, you know, yeah. even though, even though they just got Kenny Galladay, um, on their team and Barkley's coming back. I still think that Evan Ingram will be a target hog and he has a he and he has a safer floor. Whereas Tanyan, he won't get as many targets. He might be looked more in the red zone, but I just don't trust Jordan Love because I haven't seen him in in action. Now, if Rodgers yeah. were to come back, I might lean Tanyan, but you know, that is a big if. Yeah, no, no, I think that is fair. Uh, we already kind of talked about one of my guys I'm staying away from, and that's Dallas Goddard. We kind of mentioned him from the Eagles. You know, he's going as tight end seven right now in Dynasty Leagues, and that is just too high for me. Like, and, and I looked at the ADP data, and and to me, it's just 
it's just way too high, especially for where he's going around. Like when you're looking at Devonta Smith, Cooper Cup, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, Odell Beckham, Jalen Waddle, uh, Tyler Lockett. Like I probably Odell would be the one I'd stay away from in that scenario. But yeah. the other guys, DJ Chark, LaVisca, Rashad Bateman, Debo. Yes. yes. Give me that talent over over Dallas when I can get Dallas what in the round when you're looking at like tight end wise I can get a Dallas guy I Anthony Fersker is not even going to be that bad he's going to get targets in that Tennessee offense he's going at at tight end 19 and 166 like I can get him nine rounds later okay Mm -hmm. might as well a Gerald Everett okay I'll take Gerald Everett's tight end 27 yeah Whatever, because Gerald Everett, I don't know if anybody knows this, he's the same damn age as Dallas Codera. He's close. He's one year older. Yes. So give me those values because I don't think that Dallas is really going to really be that guy. I just don't. He's my biggest stay away at the tight end position um, because I just think he's getting overdrafted right now. And he's getting drafted as if Zach Ertz isn't there. And everybody mm-hmm. can say he's going to get traded, but Zagers has not gotten traded. So <laughs> that's just still there because I don't think right. – I think people think it's easy to trade someone like Zach Ertz, but his contract, he's not the same player as he was. There's a lot of things that go into that. So, like, stop drafting Dallas at where he's getting drafted. I'm just, I'm just out on that. And the other one is Irv Smith. He's kind of a darling right now because right. I think he comes into a situation. He had a great last three games. He he looked good in that Minnesota offense. I just think they're going to be better next year. They're going to run the ball just like they have been with Cook. Jefferson and Thielen are the target getters there. He's getting drafted pretty high. He's tied in nine, 115.50. So he's getting in that area of like, you know, that 12th, 13th round, somewhere in there. Uh, or maybe tense in some leagues. And so, again, I would rather have John New Smith. I would rather probably have Adam Troutman, these other guys that could basically get a better target share than him and I think are a little bit more talented. I like Irv, but I don't like where he's getting drafted right now. I think that people are super excited about the prospects of Kyle Rudolph not being there and Big Irv Smith Jr. is the only tight end there, but he still is the fourth option on a run-heavy Vikings team. (laughs) So uh, that's that's tough sledding for someone going so early. I know he's only 22 years old, but I love all the points that you made to stay away from him in Dynasty, Kevin. Yeah, and he's only, I mean, he's 22, but he's also only 6'2", 242. He's not a big tight end. Like, and they haven't usually utilized him in different areas. He's not. He's been. He's been in line a lot. Uh, they like it. I think he blocks okay. He's not a terrible ability to block, run block, and do those type of things. Uh, and, and you look at what he did. Yeah, he scored five touchdowns last year. Those last four games is what everybody talks about. But even then, his most yards was sixty three, and he had four catches on four targets. So he was super efficient, mm-hmm. which is good. I mean, you want to see someone that's efficient. But he's not getting these overarching targets. And he got nine targets against New Orleans in week 16. He caught six balls, but that was only for 53 yards. And he had two touchdowns. So right. they were red zone targets. So, okay, maybe Rudolph being gone, that kind of – I think it's vaulted him up too high. Now, if he was going around tight end 14 to 17, I'd be okay with that. But at tight end nine, I just think that's too high. I was just going to bring up that big that big game against the Saints on, on – uh, Christmas Day. I think that's yeah. really that's really driving driving up his uh, ADP, and that's like okay, he's going way too high. I'm staying away. Yeah, and realistically, like I think he's around 65 targets ish, probably somewhere in there. 50 catches, 500 yards, four touchdowns. I think mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah where he's going to be, especially with you know with Jeff Jefferson and Thielen being there and those those other areas. Um, and that that's just not good enough for your tight end nine. I just don't I don't want him at that ADP. That's just my biggest concern. 
No, that's more of like a streamer quality. Yeah, yeah, and and, and especially for redraft, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be touching that um, and just right. trying to get somebody else in there. So. Well, hey, this is a great episode. We talked about Cam. We went over our tight ends. I could talk about tight ends all day. Uh, We are getting very, very close to the NFL season. We're excited. Training camps are upon us, and we're going to be talking about training camps and everything there. Jacob, you got anything else? Um, I I was just going to say, this has been an amazing episode. I've enjoyed this talk with you, Kevin, and I hope all of you listeners enjoyed it as well. Yeah, man, we appreciate you. We're glad your son's doing well, and we are getting closer to the NFL. Thank you, everybody out there, because this offseason is killing us. I want everybody to stay healthy. That's the goal. You know what? Just please stay healthy. Prayers to Cam, and we appreciate everybody that downloads, listens to the podcast. Thank you, guys.